Hello, and welcome to the Treble Podcast. I'm Jeff Beckham. Today I'm talking with Jason Dorsey, the president of the Center for Generational Kinetics. CGK is the leading millennials, Gen Z, and generational speaking, research, and consulting firm. CGK helps more than 100 clients annually in almost every major industry from global banks and software companies to automakers and healthcare. Jason is also a member of the Next Coast Ventures Entrepreneurs Council, and over the past month, he has been talking with companies about how to communicate in the middle of this global crisis. I think this is a really important time to be clear on communication before you run into communicating with everyone. There's a sort of a knee-jerk reaction that more communication is better than less, which can be true, but oftentimes is not the case, and that we need a lot of alignment around communication. And so we're in a unique spot in that our clients are Fortune 500 companies, lots and lots of them. They're venture-backed growth companies and their startups. They're also private equity and a variety of other different types of organizations. And so I get to sit in on the board calls or work directly with their executive teams as they think about their communication strategy. And I think sometimes there's a belief from startups or entrepreneurs that these big companies have got it much better together than startups. And that's not necessarily the case. You can end up with a lot of chefs in the kitchen and you've got lots of different types of business units and org structures that you're having to deal with. So what we're talking to them about is, number one, what are the things that most matter for the future of our business? In particular, what are things that are non-negotiable that we absolutely still stand for? And to me, those tend to be things like ethics, values, how we think about and talk about our employees, our customers, the communities we're in, but really being clear on what those non-negotiables are and using that as a starting point, I think is a real position of strength and candor that makes it easier to do the rest of the messaging. And it's easy to forget about that sort of DNA of what makes our company who we are in a time of crisis, but it's very important to always go back to the underlying piece of what built this business. So that's the first part. Knowing that creates a nice North Star in terms of the messaging. The second is to be very aware of what on the employee side, what are their fears and concerns right now? And make sure that you're clear on what those are. Some companies, the fears and concerns are that we're gonna be laid off. Others, it's that there's gonna be uh, furloughs or we're gonna lose our health insurance. Others uh, may depend on a company for other services that may not be obvious to executives, but are obvious, for example, to the, the employees like daycare. And so we wanna make sure and really think through from the, the perspective of those we're trying to connect with and engage, that we understand their top priorities and that those top priorities may not be the same as ours. And I think that's so important because it's easy for executives and entrepreneurs in particular to assume that everybody is driving in the right direction and aligned. But in times of crisis, people tend to go back towards what's most important to them, both in terms of fear and security. So we wanna make sure we're really clear on that. And then the third is, what, are, what parts around stability do we want to make sure and message clearly? And we want to agree on what those are. And don't oversell. If you don't know that everybody's going to get to keep their job, don't go out and tell people that they're all going to get to keep their job. Because if you end up having to do layoffs two weeks later, you've really hurt your trust and credibility. So message the things that you can be stable and consistent in and be aware of those that may be changing because this whole um, environment is changing rapidly. Like we're learning things every day that we didn't know the day before. 
So a lot of companies during this time are going to have to deliver bad news. Mm -hmm. Employees, maybe customers. Is there an approach to delivering bad news? Does it differ in this time of crisis than it does just in a normal situation? Yeah. What we see now in, in this kind of overall time of crisis is that on one hand, people generally all sort of feel like they're in the same boat. They're quarantined at home. Their stocks, if they own stock, have gone down. They're worried about friends and family members. There's just this very heightened level of anxiety and stress. So when people receive bad news, this is not just the bad news you gave them is the only bad news they received all month. This is probably the 14th piece of bad news they received this hour, particularly if they looked online on their you know, latest news feed. So we think it's very important when you deliver bad news that you deliver it with empathy, which I think is not the way that a lot of executives have been conditioned to write, that you deliver it with candor, that you let them know what actions they can take, and that you're available to answer any questions in whatever that way is that you can answer those questions. And the worst thing you can do right now is deliver bad news in generic form emails because it makes people feel like you really don't care about them. And that's true for employees and customers. Does that mean that you can't deliver bad news in bulk? No, absolutely you can. But the languaging you use needs to be much more personal and filled with more candor and that you're in it with them rather than just dictating something to them. And for many entrepreneurs, this may be seen as a sign of weakness, but it's actually a sign of strength. Like this has been a hard time for everybody. So saying it's easy for you and hard for them is not necessarily true because it's still a hard time for you. So being candid that we're all in this together, that we're working as hard as we can to figure it out, that um, we're going to do everything we can to strive for excellence and value our customers, our employees, our stakeholders, and so forth is really an important message. And even saying, while well, these decisions are clearly very difficult to make, these unfortunately are the types of decisions we have to make in order to continue to uh, keep the business afloat or continue to move forward or continue to serve customers or deliver on our own personal level of excellence. And I think that's important, but then giving people a way to reach back out and not making it one dimensional. That's the missing part for most people. So often they send out bad news. Maybe they make it even really human, but if you're saying out to your employees, employees want to respond. Customers want to respond. So knowing that, give them an outlet to respond and don't just leave it up to social media to sort it out because that's a terrible, terrible path. You want to let them know, here's who you talk to at HR. These are the people that you can talk to. Here's who you can talk to on the customer service or satisfaction. Like direct that response in a way, even if it's directly to you. And, and make sure that people know that you're a human being. In times of crisis, people want to deal with humans. And I think this is one of those times to really show your humanity and that you're all in it together. That I think really helps with trust and it helps with loyalty and it shows your true character. Uh, versus, you know, hiding behind something that feels like a generic form. So have we covered all the audiences to communicate with? Are, are there any audiences that we, we haven't talked about? Well, I would say for me, I'd like to talk a little bit more about board members because I think that one's not talked about enough. On the board member side, in, in this times of crisis, what we have found works really, really well is to not wait for regularly scheduled board meetings to reach out and ask for help get insights and learn from others experience and really the last part is the most important learn from their experiences it's not that just because you're older you've been working longer that you have all the answers but many of these board members have seen down cycles before and have been through 
a lot of the challenges and the decisions that many entrepreneurs are facing right now. And so being willing to reach out to them individually, I think is becoming increasingly important. So don't feel like you've got to wait to get the whole board together. In fact, we generally find having full board meetings to talk strategy is not an effective use of the board meeting unless you're coming down to making those key decisions. But as you're reaching out to the board to get their input, there are different board members that are going to be better in certain areas and reach out to those members and ask them for their help, for a phone call, send them an email, but really engage with your board individually as needed, but also as a group because they have expertise that can be really valuable. And sometimes even the formality of a traditional board meeting doesn't lend itself to the crisis response that's needed now. And what we're finding with a lot of the startups where either I'm on the board or I work with the boards, a one hour call with the board members, we can cover a lot, even 30 minutes, rather than having to wait for that three hour board meeting every quarter. It's been interesting to talk to companies. The advice that we're given most of them is that this is not a time for selling. Empathy is the word, right? Mm -hmm. That is the word that you need to get across. And if you do, you got to really tread this fine line and not make it too commercial because people would just have such an adverse reaction to that. And I think we've seen so much of that already that people are especially sensitive to it. Like yeah. right now, if you're going to have salespeople doing sales activities, that's fine. But if you're really trying to drive engagement with these customer groups, just be a resource. I mean, just give them that value so that they can get the value and feel like you're on their team in this time of need rather than you're trying to take advantage of a situation. And I think that's sort of the phrase that I would use around that is I think a lot of companies look like they're trying to take advantage of this, sometimes strategically, sometimes out of desperation, but either way, it can end up with very negative outcomes. And those outcomes, because everything is so heightened right now, it seems like you make one wrong move, that could really affect you for a long time. It could really have long lasting effects. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, it's clear that we all need to, uh, that if we have businesses that have something that can be sold right now, that we should be selling and driving engagement and so forth. But be really clear on what you're trying to do that's selling versus what you're trying to do that's being a resource. And don't try to say your resource and then actually it comes off as very salesy. That, that really will hurt you in the long term and can cost you current customers. And I think the side effects now are twofold. One, customers want to know, are you there for them? And are you going to help them? Just more than anything else, like that's what they care about. Do you, are you still there for them? And, and so customer checking calls and being a resource and offering some service that actually is valuable to them takes a little bit of your time or resources, but has a real big payoff for them, super valuable. And then the second is, if you do look like you're taking advantage of this or being opportunistic and it's salesy, then I think you can risk losing customers. I think you can risk your reputation. And I think now with social media, the feedback is not only quicker on the negative side, but also longer lasting. And I think that's a real risk for a lot of uh, brands and companies. I want to thank Jason Dorsey, the president of the Center for Generational Kinetics, for joining me today. You can learn more about Jason at jasondorsey.com and about the Center for Generational Kinetics at genhq.com. This podcast was brought to you by Treble, PR at the speed of business. Learn more at treblepr.com.